With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hey everyone, this is Claray Baca and you're listening to I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash decals by Kins and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me people have always asked me flynn how do i become a professional wrestler how do i become an actor how do i become a podcaster how do i get an agent Well, if you're somebody that's asked these questions, then I've got the solution for you. I'm now offering coaching options that will help you find the answers to these questions and get on the path to success. So if you've been held back by fear, overthinking, or just don't know where to start, email me at theflynnhendricks at gmail.com, use the subject line coaching, and let me get in your corner and help get you on the path to success. And I know you hear me. Welcome back, everybody. We are here in studio for another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. And by we, I'm not using the royal we. I mean myself and my best friend and engineer over here, Just Jeff, fellow podcast host for my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt. If you haven't already, go check that out. And guys, I am excited to bring you our guest and our interview today because this is one that I have been looking forward to for quite a while now, and you'll you'll kind of have an understanding as to why once we get into the conversation, but some of the things that we're going to talk about and some of the books that my guest today has written 
have dealt with things that I have, you know, gone through growing up. I've been vocal about that on the podcast and how this was a place for me to open up about that. So this is this is truly an interview that I've been excited to have. So we'll get to that fun part here in just a minute. But if this is your first episode, first off, I want to thank you for not only tuning in and checking out this episode to start with, but I'm going to encourage you to go find us on whatever podcasting platform you're on. Subscribe and go jump into the archives because, gosh, we've got two seasons already in the book. We've got a full year's worth of podcasts waiting for you. We've got a bunch of awesome guests in there. Go give it a deep dive and find something that you like and then get the word out with your friends. If you like it that much, leave a five-star written review. That really helps more than I could explain. And on top of that, too, go find us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Get the word out. Share it with your friends and... Just keep this podcast network growing because it's going to help out more than you realize. But before we go any further, we're going to take a quick pause here for a moment. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 And we're back. All right, guys, now here is the fun part of today's episode. My guest today is not only an award-winning and celebrated author, she's a speaker and an educator. My guest earned her doctorate in education and completed postdoctoral studies at Harvard, and she's had a very successful and rewarding 35-year career as a high school special education teacher with another 12 years as a university adjunct professor. And not only that, she's written best-selling books like God Came to My Garage Sale and now she's got five books in this series titled True Deceit, False Love. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to have on the guest tonight, Dr. Marnie Fodorero. Marnie, thank you for coming on here. Oh, hey, Flynn. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Of course. And thank you for, you know, reaching out and wanting to come on. That, that means a lot. Sure. All right. So I'm, I'm really excited to get, you know, just deep dive into all this here and you know, when we got connected, one of the first things that really jumped out to me was your tenure as a, you know, special education teacher. Um, that's something that I had a brief little sprinkling of in college, but, you know, I, I just, I want to know what, what made you want to go into that line of work? Because it takes an absolutely special person to not only do that job, but to do it for three and a half decades. That, that speaks volumes. Like what, what led you to that path? Well, actually, you know, teaching um, was very natural for me. Mm -hmm. I actually come from a family of educators. Um, and so, um, and I always loved school. Um, I had my own challenges growing up, just like so of many of us did. And school in so many ways was such a great outlet for me. I loved, you know, being with my friends and socializing, but I also just loved learning and um, and that was just a big part of who I was. And, and, you know, to be able to be a teacher, you know, I, I'm the kind of teacher that just didn't get up in front of a class imparting my knowledge or, mm -hmm. um, or curriculum or whatever to, to students. You know, I really felt like as a teacher, I was primarily just teaching individuals and just connecting with, you know, young or adult children 
Um, and then later on, when I was um, an adjunct professor at Northern Illinois University in the Chicago suburbs, mm-hmm. I, I was connecting with people that were getting a master's or doctorate in education and curriculum. And, you know, I just I love being able to um, help people realize their potential and help them come to um, their own knowledge and understanding of things. And so, you know, that was really more the gift I had was connecting with people and helping them find their strengths and understand their challenges so that they could become life, lifelong learners themselves. Absolutely. And that's, and that's a sign of a special person right there, because like everything you just said right there, you sound like the kind of teacher that I enjoyed having throughout my education career and you know like we all we've all had the teachers or professors that stand up and just read off the board or this is it they don't try to connect with you on that personal level and you end up dreading that class or you end up skipping that class so nobody benefits in that regard what what was it that made you realize you have this special gift for connecting with people and getting on their level to not only help educate them, but make that connection so that it's something special and that they can retain as well. You know, I just, I think that it was such a two-way communication between myself and Mm -hmm. the student, you know, or a class. And so I think that I, I could tell by their responses that um, that they were getting something out of that and th- that they were starting to feel good about themselves. Um, the kind of special education, there's so many different types of special education classes. I primarily dealt with people that had some learning challenges or behavioral issues, and they looked like everyone else, you know, but inside they weren't feeling, you know, as, as good as they should have been feeling. And because by the time I got to working with them at the high school level, they have already gone through, you know, elementary school, middle school, mm-hmm. junior high, which is a very challenging time. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, their self-concept, so many of them just was challenged, you know, and I wanted to build that up because this was like, you know, the one chance, many of them weren't going to pursue higher education, um, or if they did, they, they knew that it would be hard for them. And I just wanted to, to boost people up, to, to give them, let them know that they, they are worthy, they are loved, Absolutely. they are intelligent, you know, that all of us have challenges. And, and, um, and I'm also someone that, you know, you rattled off my degrees and everything, but I'm also someone that thinks that degrees in some ways are overrated, that really, you know, we are all people and we yes, all ma'am. come to the table with strengths and challenges. And um, some have more drive and motivation than others. And, and some of those people, there's a reason why they don't. And I'd like to bring that spark, that spark you know, um, that, that spark and that interest back into their world. You are, you are speaking my language right here. I love hearing that. Now, going back a little bit further on that too, I know you said you come from a line of educators, you have educators in your family. Was there somebody at home or was there a teacher or professor that you had, you know, growing up that gave you the same treatment and that's what instilled that spark in you? Or was this something that you had picked up just, like I said, throughout your educational career and it's what felt natural and what felt special to you? How did you come to find this special gift? 
You know, that's a really good question. And I, I suppose I haven't really thought about like my answer to that, but I, I think it's a combination of things, you know, uh, not only the influences that I had, of course, there are teachers in your life that you do remember. Mm -hmm. And, and I think laughter is, you know, when I could connect with a teacher that, you know, just made me feel comfortable enough to laugh yeah. at myself or at, or at, you know, um, situations. And, and um, I think when, like, I can't always remember what is, what was the knowledge or the information that I learned, but I surely remember the teachers and how I connected with them um, on a personal level. So, so it wasn't really about the content. Um, it was more about the connection. Absolutely. And that, that makes perfect sense. And it's just not even across the educational spectrum. It's just across everyday life as well, because in my, in my current line of work, I have to, you know, help train and mold, um, new partners that we hire and get them ready to go out in the field. But again, like you said, not everybody learns the same. Not everybody has the same level of drive. Everybody takes to things differently and it's finding that way to connect with them and not only make it feel like you're just throwing what's in the book at them, but finding a way to connect with them, make them feel special, make them feel like they belong there, and then finding the way to bring their strengths to the surface and help them succeed. And I, I'll be honest, I that's probably the most fulfilling part of my job as well, because then you get to see them blossom out on their own, spread their wings and fly, and the successes that they see, like it's just, you can't you can't replicate that. It's just a special feeling. Right, and you know, I want the success not to come because someone else imparted information or mm -hmm. was there to guide you. I want people to have the success from within themselves. Absolutely. Because and because if we are independent, if we um, you know, come to decisions on our own, if we make choices on our own, and even if we fall and have challenges and obstacles, but we get, then we have the tools to get ourselves back up and, mm -hmm. you know, continue along our path. So I'd like to think that if anything, I encourage, you know, people, whether it was my own children or whether it was students that I taught, um, to just realize their worth from within themselves. Absolutely. And from that, then they can take ownership in their successes. It's it's really sad when when there are people that micromanage and control their children or oh, yeah. or their or even their students if we're talking in an education setting because then if they do have success they don't feel like they earned it or it was theirs. Mm -hmm. If they feel like they were just fulfilling someone else's wishes for them. Yes. And I, so, I can so, relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so becoming independent is, is something that's so very important and it can be sabotaged with um, oh, yeah. other relationships that they have people have in their lives. Um, but I think it all comes back to, you know, knowing your worth and, and helping others know their own worth. Absolutely. And then in a situation like that too, especially in the high school setting, when you've had these kids that have gone through the elementary, the middle and yeah. junior high school settings to get to that point, that's at least eight years that, you know, they may not be getting that same attention that they're getting from you. What was it like for their parents, uh, like especially when they have a situation where they have somebody like you that's so invested and putting that time in? 
how is that for the parents? Like, is that something that you had open lines of communication with them about? Or were some parents willing to communicate at that point? What was all that like? Oh, that's a good question as well. You know, and I, and unfortunately, there's not like a general answer to mm-hmm. that because, you know, um, just like students' interests and motivation and abilities are all on a spectrum, the same is true with the parents or the guardians, um, the other adults in their lives. Some are very involved and some are too involved yeah. and some are not involved at all. And so you really can't, you know, I don't think I could come up with a general answer for that. I just kind of take each situation individually. But, um, and sometimes it does take some skill in working with the parents to to encourage them without really saying it to kind of back off and let their child experience success and failure. You know, it's important to experience. You know, if if you don't experience failure or if you, you know, don't experience negativity or darkness, you can't really appreciate or strive for the light. Thank you. And that's that's something, too, especially like because I'm I'm a parent of two young kids. And sometimes, you know, like you it's hard to not be the helicopter parent because you you don't want them to get hurt or you want them to know that something is something they shouldn't do. But sometimes you have to have that you know, hand on the hot oven. I hate to use that example, but they have to learn to know that it's bad more than just you telling them. But again, too, even if a parent may have the best intentions, if you can't experience the failure, if you can't experience the, well, this is why, and this is why mom and dad were right on your own, it it's almost like it goes in one ear and out the other. And, you know, I know that's a hard habit for a lot of people to break, but in the big scheme of things, it is definitely a necessary one to have. So, I get why you have to walk that fine line there with some of those parents, too, to help them get out of what they've been doing for so long. I, I completely get that. Right. And, and even on a personal level, you know, I you've mentioned the books that I've written. Mm-hmm. The, the it, it was a four book series, but I just completed a fifth book in the True Deceit False Love series. Yes. Where I'm, I'm bringing awareness to domestic violence, narcissistic abuse and parental alienation. And so even though I am a loving, caring individual, and I, I am as a teacher and definitely as a mother, um, some things are out of our control. Absolutely. And in my case, you know, I chose to leave a marriage after 27 years when I realized that my values of honesty and goodness and just who I am did not line up with who I was married to. Um, you know, um, hence the title, true, you know, true deceit, false love. And so I'm personally experiencing a situation where I am alienated from my adult children. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, parental alienation happens to kids and parents, men and women of all ages, um, all roles, all situations. Um, and it's it's devastating as a parent. It's almost like um, you're grieving the loss of a living child mm-hmm. when when days of no contact turn into weeks and then months and then in my case years. Yes. And and mm-hmm. it's um, it's just mind blowing to think that you know you someone else could brainwash your children to believe half truths or outright lies or whatever you know that are just. Totally. And we're now like even with the, the things that are happening in the world right now, we're starting to understand a little bit 
of you know that there there is evil there is deceit yes. there 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 um there's a lot of um negativity and oh, sometimes yeah. no consequences for this negativity no justice mm -hmm. and and so it's it's mind blowing for the good loving empath empathetic people that just this wasn't part of what we signed up for in life but right. but in some ways maybe it is maybe this is part of our journey and our journey we need to experience such devastating loss and and i just choose to handle this challenge these losses in a very positive constructive way and i've always been someone that believes in honesty goodness and and um and that you know compassion all that will prevail I, that's how i choose to handle the negative things that come my way. If nothing else, just life lessons that I need to go through to, you know, to get to a better place. And I'm living testament to that. You know, I've been through so much, you know, after after choosing to leave an abuser, I, I uh, he, he kept his promise of, you know, you will lose your house, your money, your kids, all of that. And, you know, it was shocking to kind of, at that stage in my life to start over yeah. but my life is absolutely amazing i moved after i retired from my 35 year career as a high school teacher i um, moved to the caribbean from the chicago suburbs and i'm just wow. living a beautiful life and i'm i'm just enjoying um just the journey the journey absolutely. of it all so and i think even even though my children are adults um, just in general, I'm role modeling that even though we can all be thrown wrenches into our life, mm -hmm. how we choose to handle it and respond to it is very important. Um, and I'm still role modeling that, you know, hey, we're you're always going to have challenges. My adult children will have challenges once they realize the truth of of what they've been through when they, you know, when they're probably a little older and they can kind of look a little bit more objectively at the family dynamics, but, mm -hmm. but adult children and, and anyone for that matter, they, we can lose jobs. We can um, have health challenges. Yep. We can have um, situations that just don't go as we planned and how we respond to that is very significant and i choose like i said just positivity goodness love which i believe is the highest vibration and then for Absolutely. me a creative outlet is writing and yes. so i'm able to you know put my thoughts down in poetry in you know actually a word search book that i've created you know just is a different alternative way to heal by by reading terms and phrases and 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 by doing like a puzzle even you're connecting the dots to your own experience and and in a very indirect way yeah. you could be healing absolutely Man, yeah. that, that is so powerful and uh some of the stuff you said i'm kind of the reverse of with the parent child dynamic it's yeah. in your situation i'm the opposite but man just like everything like from finding your outlet in the writing to just continuing to remain positive through all of that that is that is a lot to take in and there's a lot that I want to unpack there but um first and foremost just because it was the the last and most recent thing you mentioned 
when did you discover that writing was, you know, an outlet for you to not only like, you know, express and get out some of the, you know, the tension, the stress and the negativity that you deal with, but, you know, a creative outlet as well. When did you discover that? Well, actually, my my first writing endeavor is my 2020 Best Books Award winning spiritual fiction entitled God Came to My Garage Sale, which is also the title of my website. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I guess the spark kind of came then I was at a very low point, you know, lost my house, my money, um, you know, I I had to have a garage sale. And at that garage sale, some miracles happened that really opened up my mind and and um, heart that there might be more going on in this world um, that I really than I realized. And it prompted me to do a lot of research into spirituality and, you know, different spiritual transformative experiences, even into people that have had near death experiences. And because there are thousands of accounts that that of people that have you know crossed over but returned and 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 they all come back i mean every single person comes back with the message of love is the the highest vibration and the answer Mm -hmm. um but i think when you have such profound experiences and i had many of them which even though it's a spiritual fiction it's all uh my book was inspired by um true actual experiences. Um, So many of us are compelled to share our stories with that. And I guess that to answer your question, that is where the writing, um, you know, the the interest in writing really came about as a way to process what I went through. And and luckily, I my book was endorsed by even James Redfield, Mm -hmm. who wrote the Celestine prophecy, um, who also, you know, had experiences but wanted to tell them in a way that could reach an audience um in a different way and and using a fictional approach even though it's grounded in reality um is is a way to reach some people and and so that would be my spark i suppose um in, in writing yeah because i you know of course when I was in high school and college, I, you know, or even during my doctorate program, of course, I had to write as part of my, my, you know, education. But the, the real passionate writing came when I really had experiences that, you know, I wanted to somehow relay. Of course, of course. And in, in a situation like that, too, that leads me to the other question I wanted to ask, um, especially with the, you know, the True Deceit False Love series where you're putting real life experiences into these books and you're using this as your outlet to, um, you know, to, to express those feelings. Is there any sense of trepidation in putting this out where it's going to be out to a worldwide audience? And, you know, we, like you mentioned, uh, just a few moments ago, there's a lot of negativity in the world and, you know, now that everybody has access to social media, everybody has everything on their phone, it's easy to throw a negative review or throw a negative comment on something. Were you worried about any of that when these books, you know, like with your with your emotions, with your experiences, with everything you put into it coming out, was there any of that trepidation or concern going into that? Well, I, I think that there is and there should be some concern because I certainly do not want to be anyone that, you know... Um, 
slanders anyone. Absolutely. Um, so the way I wrote my books, it is not autobiographical. So I'm not telling my story. I'm not um, making it a gender specific, just about, okay, like wife abuse. I'm actually with the poems I write or or the um, introduction or comments or anything. It is. It can be from um, a man's point of view, a woman's point of view, a grandparent's point of view, a neighbor, an abuser, a victim. So I really write in such a way that, you know, even if there's someone who's experiencing a toxic relationship in a work environment, mm -hmm. you know, with between colleagues or, you know, a boss worker, you know, if there's different dynamics, so many different people can get something out of it because they can kind of, you know, in reading what I write and how I write, they can put themselves into that situation. So I'm certainly not, um, these books and this series is not a tell-all book or anything like right, that. Right. That's not what I'm about at all. I'm not about... Um, even because like if, if wrong was done to me, I, I don't feel the need to have any kind of revenge or yeah. get back or whatever. I need to focus on myself Absolutely. and my, my own healing and to continue to stay true to the values that I always have had. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't want to change who I am. Of course, my situation has changed my circumstances, but I'm still the same person the loving individual that I always was. Yes. So, so in, to answer that question, I, I'm always careful because I, I am, I am not, you know, putting out personal stories like that. And I, I think there's definitely um, an audience and, and, you know, a need for some people to do that uh -huh. um, where they need to tell their own personal story and, and expose what has happened and bring in the in the in the spirit of bringing awareness yes. to this and eventually helping others and inspiring them to live their best life but i don't have that same kind of need so so like for example my true deceit false love series the first book is just terms and phrases uh -huh. um there are fifteen thousand five hundred and fifty five terms and phrases Ooh. On, on this family violence situation. And, you know, it's, um, or just narcissism and that type of thing. So really just reading these terms, um, I didn't I didn't coin any of them. In right. fact, um, the person who wrote my forward, my introduction, Dr. Sam Backnan, he actually coined many of these terms that are used. Wow. And, and so I really, that first book was just, a, it was very healing because, you know, as I was trying to understand what had happened to me, because I was just kind of blindsided, you mm -hmm. know, not only do you lose your American dream, you know, you, you think you're going to be with someone forever and you think that they have the same intentions as you do when you find out they don't. And there's, there's a, a, you know, boy, a lot of shocking things to find out, you know, you have to come to terms with it. And so I would listen in on podcasts and, and read books and, um, you know, try to learn about this. And I would write down different terminology to look up later um, and 
my list went from a hundred to thousands, you know, that I needed wow. to investigate. So I purposely in this first book didn't have it as a glossary or a dictionary because really there are so many definitions thrown out there and people need to do their own research. And when they do that, they connect the dots to their own experience. Absolutely. And yeah, so, so that's the first book. And then uh, the second book is acrostic poetry where I take, um, I take 13, um, 13 different terms for each letter of the alphabet. So I have lots, you know, over 300 acrostic poems and lots of them are just informational, but where people could read them and find their own story within those poems. And, and for people that are not into reading long, this is just short little snippets. It takes mm -hmm. under a minute to read one of these but to to find some healing in that and the third book is a survivor's workbook so if people find that that writing might help them you know i mean not everyone has the interest or the money to go into counseling um you know there's there's all different ways to try to cope with what you've been through but of course if, if people find that writing is helpful they might want to pick up my third book in the series um, which which is a survivor's workbook. And then the fourth book just came out um, within the last week, I, I guess. And yep. that is some pre-verse poetry. And then I was recently, for the last three weeks, I've been, even though I live in the Caribbean, I've been out in Utah skiing for oh, the wow. last three weeks. Yeah, so I just got home today, actually. Ooh, and um, You still made it here for this interview. Thank you for yeah, that. Yeah. Sure, of course, of course. Well, it was a wonderful vacation. Of course. Um, not only skiing, but you know, we mixed in a spa vacation, and oh, I had a book book signing during that time. Very and, nice. You know, I love I love travel and exploring different different worlds. But during this time, I actually was so motivated to do a fifth book in the series, and that was what I had previously mentioned a little bit a word search mm -hmm. book. Out of all things. You know, as a teacher, I was familiar with creating word searches to help students learn vocabulary for, you know, their different classes. And, you know, I found when I was going through some challenging things, um, sitting down and doing either a jigsaw puzzle or a crossword puzzle or word search was very calming for me. It kind of got me out of my trauma and it, and it was just almost mindless. It was nice and relaxing. And so mm -hmm. I thought I would combine something that I experienced with something that might help other people. So, and to stay along the, the lines of the terminology and trying to, because words matter, you know, words, words have the power to hurt. Yes, they do. And we've all been hurt by words, but words also have the power to heal and and make things better and so i stuck with that theme and so in another couple of weeks the fifth book will be coming out man i love that i love that and then one thing that really interests me too is you know you said you got to do a book signing during your vacation yeah. there yeah. what was it like for you getting to meet these people that have bought and read these books like what was it like you know, just getting to meet these people and, you know, I'm sure they shared some of your experiences with them too, but what is it like for you to know that these people bought your book and it made a difference in their life? How do you process that? You know, I just, I, I guess it's, you know, I don't take 
full responsibility for that. It's like they are seeking out their own healing or their own information. And I just happen to be, you know, and my books and myself just happen to be one of the many, many resources that are out there. Like, you know, Flynn, your, your podcast is so cool because Thank you. You, you, it really is. And you, you interview so many different people, different topics, and you have these in-depth, you know, conversations that are so meaningful. And so, you know, I'm sure you don't just say, oh, I'm doing this cool podcast. I'm making a difference in their life. You know that they are coming because they're seeking out information or, or that. So, so it's very cool. I've done many book signings for the many different books that I've been involved in. I've actually been involved in five anthology books where they are international bestsellers and I contribute a chapter um, along with many other authors with many other topics. So it's so very cool. So meeting the people in, in person is great, but I also, I'm not on social media or anything like that. I just basically you know, promote or share what I'm doing through my website, but Absolutely. Um, it's really, really inspiring to know that the work that I am doing is having a positive impact. Not only do I know it's been healing for me, but if I can inspire others to, to also, you know, grow and learn from their challenges and, and realize, Hey, you know, it's a journey. And we're all at different levels and, you know, we all have different ways of coping and, and that's okay. Uh, but putting one foot in front of the other, you know, and keep on, keep, keep going, even in the, the face of adversity or extreme loss. I mean, I, the loss that I have experienced a lot, there are some people that can't live through that loss. Absolutely. Um, you know, you've got your kids and I, I remember at least I had over 20 years of, of being a mom, the way, you know, I just knew it was supposed to be. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'll always treasure that and remember that. Um, but just like I have a journey, the kids have a journey as well. And, and then the readers of the books have a journey. So it's, it's all very cool. It's a, it's nice to be a part of it all. Absolutely. And man, I, I love that. I love that outlook. I love that aspect that you just brought to the table of it. And I love that at the end of the day, you put it out there, but it's not all about you. It's all about the yeah. overall journey that we're all on. And I, I love that outlook of it. And I'm going to make sure too, that we have not only links to your website, but also to all of your books in the series as well. We're going to have all that information in the show notes. So if anybody you know that's listening right now is going through anything like that, we're going to have these available so that you have something to turn to and get some more perspective and you know help push you in the right direction to get you back on the right track. So I mean, right, and, and speaking of perspective, you know, I I this isn't all that I do. I have a very fulfilling life. Of course, you know, and, and living in the Caribbean, I am exposed to beautiful nature and amazing yes. people and experiences um, on a daily basis that I appreciate so very much. And, you know, even though I spent a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs, mm -hmm. even back then, I appreciated everything as well. People say, oh, you know, aren't you glad to be away from the snow? Well, no, not really. I actually, I just came back from, you know, three weeks in the snow. Yeah. 
And, and so I just appreciate just the variety that the world has to offer. Of course. And, and right. So, uh, so at some point I am probably going to put my pen down and, and take up something else. Yeah. And that brings me joy and, and, and pleasure. So, uh, but right now this has been very fulfilling and healing. Of course. Um, and, and, the fact that I get to meet amazing people like you and Thank others, you. you know, it's, it's really opened up my world. Absolutely. As well. And yeah. that's, and that's definitely something that I've picked up on throughout this interview as well, because you can just see how these experiences have shaped you and how, how important remaining positive is through all of that. Because like you said, or like you, and I'm going to keep harping on it, you know, it's, there's so much negativity in the world that it seems like when you find something positive or you find that high vibration like love that's out there in the world, you want to gravitate towards that and get away from all the negative that seems to be sucking so many people in. And I mean, I can't think of one second so far into this interview that there hasn't been a smile on your face or you've been so happy to talk about this because you can tell how much it means to you. And I mean, that, that speaks volumes and it's just, it's contagious, even though we're doing this through zoom, it's hard to not be excited. It's hard to not have a smile on my face during this interview. So I just, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the the ever curious spirit, I guess, is the way to say it, because you want to keep looking for that next adventure or that next yeah. way to fulfill yourself. And that's what the world needs, because too often humans are creatures of habit. And I've done it before. I've fallen into a comfort zone. It's driven me insane. But, you know, <laughs> when you get out and you challenge yourself, you find new ways to experience new things. It's a magical thing. It definitely is. It definitely is. There's so much beauty and wonder in the world. And, you know, even though we all can go through some challenging times, how we how we choose to cope with it really breaks our future, you know, and the future of, uh, you know, others that we come in contact with. Yes, ma'am, it does. Yes, ma'am, it does. And we're going to let the curiosity grow a little bit more now, because, I mean, I've I've thrown a lot of questions your way. So we're going to flip the script a little bit and get out of that comfort zone now. And I'm going to let you take over the show for a little bit and throw some questions my way if you're up for it. Okay, sure, sure. Let me think. Um, You know, your podcast, well, you have two podcasts. Yes, ma'am. You know, what, when you think about the names of your podcast, and that's a name of a podcast is pretty significant. Yes, it is. Um, Once you commit to it, what made you name your podcast? You know, uh, like, I know you hear me. I'll be honest. Um, this, because I, I've got a lot of experience in my background as a professional wrestler. And the majority of my time in my career, and even what I'm still doing now, I'm I'm the bad guy. So if you have a microphone and people don't want to let you get out what you have to say, you have to find a way to cut them off and... This catchphrase just randomly popped up back, it's so weird to say now, all the way back in 2011. And it just, it kind of stuck with me. And when I developed the idea for this podcast, because it was going to cover, you know, guests of so many genres that there was really, I couldn't think of anything that stuck to all of that. And just brainstorming with my friend who had also started his podcast, I just randomly spurted out, Hey, what about I know you hear me? And you know, it's like it would tie the wrestling together and it would tie back something that was authentic to me. 
And he said that, you know, that was perfect. And I, I kind of ran the litmus test with my wife and a few other people that I knew. And, you know, it, it made sense. So I just stuck with that. And then uh, with the with the Tales from the Haunt podcast, uh, Jeff was very instrumental here, my engineer, in helping me come up with that name. And, you know, with it being related towards being a scare actor and haunted attractions and all things spooky, I grew up on Tales from the Crypt. And yeah. it just, it seemed to flow off the tongue, Tales from the Haunt. And thankfully, nobody had taken that name yet. Nobody had trademarked it. So it just, again, going through the litmus test, we talked to some of our friends and our management at the uh, haunted attraction we worked at. And I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? How would that sound? Does it sound like, did it? Did you see their eyebrows or their face perk up when they heard it? And sure enough, it passed the litmus test, and here we are. That That's so cool. And actually, I really resonate with that because, you. Um, you know, I'm going to date myself here. You know, I'm <laughs> 60, so I'm a little bit older than you. But when, when I was in college, I would listen to Mystery Radio Theater. Oh, I love it. I love it. And Oh my gosh. I, and, and it was only, I think, I, I don't remember totally, but it, it seemed like it was about a half hour show mm -hmm. and it was, I had to stay up to 11 o'clock, you know, <laughs> to, which is hard as a college student, if you're, you know, studying and that type oh, of thing, yeah. but yeah, but I, you know, or if you had other things you wanted to do, but, but I remember just loving tuning into this AM radio mystery theater and and hearing the different voices and trying to follow along and and because it wasn't visual you really had to kind of yeah visualize it yourself so that was extremely cool i i remember for years trying to find like cassette tapes of that radio show because mm -hmm. it was so neat so i really do kind of connect with your other interest with, with, you know, your Thank other you. podcast as well. And it's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It's, it's so funny that you mentioned that too, because, um, since I've become a voice actor, I've, I've had auditions for very similar things, like based yeah. off of that right there, where people have turned it either into podcast or little, you know, mini animation series or mini, like just audio series on Spotify or whatever it may be. I've had those auditions come through, but that's one of those, elusive white whales that I haven't been able to book yet but like that's that's one that's right there that I've gotta I've gotta check off the bucket list one day of being cast in one of those well you know and another question for you is have you ever thought about being um the voice of the audiobooks that are coming out I have um my only downfall on that is um I don't know if I could hire Jeff to do a 10 hour engineering process because that's well over my pay, like over my education level. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's, uh, I, I definitely, especially if it's something, you know, science fiction or military related, because my grandfather, uh, was in the reserves and that's all he reads and that's all I grew up around. So that's something that's special to him. And, you know, if I could just, if I could do that, that would be golden in my book because my ideal goal is to transition to voiceover and podcasting full-time and kind of escape the corporate America structure and just be an entrepreneur but yeah if I could get into the audiobook world I've had some auditions come through but again it's just playing that long game until one actually you know gives the green light on it well, you know, when I reach out to you after this podcast, I'll give you a couple connections for oh, you to. Oh, thank you so much. That. Yeah, yeah, because 
I, I am not doing that. Um, I've been asked to do that, but that's not kind of the way I want to roll right now. Okay. But I, I do have a couple connections for oh, you. Well, thank you so, so much. Yeah. My, my next question for you would be, you know, you are one of these Renaissance people, I would call that you have so many interests. So not only corporate America, not only uh, podcasting, the wrestling career that you had and then the you know the, your involvement with the entertainment mm-hmm. um world and then of course just being a husband and a dad which is probably the biggest role yes ma'am that you, yeah the biggest and most important role um what would be what would be next for you what would be something that other than the voiceover that you would really tr- want to reach out and look into ah oh. That is a good question. I think more than anything, um, and it's it's something that I've kind of set as a retirement thing, um, and I hope this will answer the question, but I want to be an advocate and a front runner for rescuing abused animals and just helping rehabilitate and foster them because all of my animals are rescues. Um, you know, unfortunately... My, my two pit bulls that I had earlier this year that I lost to cancer, uh, both were death row dogs. We just rescued one from the Humane Society right before our oldest one passed. And he was the victim of, you know, like being in a dog. I don't know if it was dog fighting specifically, but he was caged up and chained up. And, you know, it just no, no animal should go through that. No human should go through that either. But, right. you know, because especially with pit bulls, most loving dogs you'll probably ever find, but because of the stereotypes you hear about their breeds, they don't get the love and attention that, you know, they they deserve to have because people end up being afraid of them. And, you know, I understand if you see a big 60-pound dog barreling at you, you don't know what it's going to do. It's easy to be scared, but I just, I want to give these animals a chance to have love and, you know, just know that they have a safe place, whether somebody adopts them or not, that me and my family will still be there to take care of them. And again, that's kind of like my retirement plan is to just have this big open area where all these foster animals can live and there's no kill. You know, I, I, I hate that because that's, again, that's where I rescued my first two from. And I just, I don't want an animal to have to be put to sleep because nobody wants to adopt it. I want them to have a safe place and I want to break the stereotypes that these animals may have because people just aren't educated about what they really are and how loving they truly are. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. And that was unexpected. I didn't really (laughs) expect that kind of response. And, you know, you really don't have to to wait till your retirement. You know, you have, you could tell a passion for that. I do too. We we are cut from the same cloth yes, when it ma'am. comes to that. I would say pretty much every day when I am scrolling through different videos to watch, I always come across some sort of rescue, um, uh, whether it's dogs or wild animals, you know, that type of thing. And then, you know, one thing that I do that you might want to consider, I support different organizations yes. that are doing that. So there are three organizations that I support. One is called Taki Shelter, and that's in Greece, on an island in Greece, okay. where um, it is a big open area I that takes in so many different rescue, uh, mostly dogs. Um, so I support on a regular monthly basis. I just have an ongoing 
um, support, whether it's through Patreon or uh, some of the other platforms. Another one uh, that I'm super passionate about is animal aid in India. Oh, if you've okay. ever, uh, you know, just to check out, these people are doing amazing things in India at this organization uh, called Animal Aid. And you could just type in Animal Aid for a YouTube channel and just sort of check out some of the, the videos. They're short enough that you kind of get the picture yeah. of where they were and what they did. Um, but it's, you know, after seeing a number of videos, I, I was just compelled to become a regular donor to Absolutely. Animal Aid. And then another one that I support is Hope for Paws in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and really just good everyday people that are out there trying to rescue animals. So I've always been an animal lover. And, um, and, and so I, I resonate with that too. Absolutely. With you as well, yeah, that that's, you know, um, that's something that you don't have to wait for retirement right, for, right. you know, you might have this dream of having that open space and everything, mm -hmm. but there's a lot you can still do now yep. that, that, where you're still able to do all these other things you're interested in. Absolutely. And I, I've actually, since we have adopted our, our, our most recent pit bull bow, um, I've started working with the local humane society, making, you know, donations to help them with rescues, getting yeah. back, you know, vaccinations and all things necessary yeah. for them to be healthy. So I've done that. And then also too, if our listeners want to get involved with this awesome cause, I'm going to have links for all three of those in the show notes as well, because I know there are some other animal lovers out there too. So Let's do yeah, everything yeah. we can to help give these animals the lives they deserve to have and just show them the love too. Right. And, and like you were saying, you know, whether it's animals or people, we need to show love and compassion. Absolutely. Um, and then my final question, and I really want to know this. Okay. What is, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've got a three-way tie and this is, this is really hard for me to determine, but, um, Oh man, it's a tie between. Oh, I'll just name all three, and then I'll make the final. <laughs> I'll make the final decision from it. Um, it's either gonna be Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and then um, No Country for Old Men. Those are my top three. But um, in in all honesty. They all resonate with me for different reasons, but the one I think I'm really going to have to say, and again, this ties back to education, so funny how things maybe come full circle here, but I was introduced to uh, No Country for Old Men during one of my um, English classes during my sophomore year at uh, MTSU in, in Tennessee here, and for some reason, that movie has stuck with me since 2008 up until now, and I don't know if it's just how powerful it was that it didn't need a soundtrack. If it was the acting with, you know, like um, Josh Brolin and Javier Bardem and Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know if it was just all of that coming together, but that movie is just so powerful and it, it's a cult classic. So I'm, I'm probably going to have to lean towards no country for old men just because of all those reasons I just listed. And it gives me a feeling that I really can't describe. So it's, Something like yeah. as an actor that I want to uh, strive towards as well as far as the serious side of things. So I I'm going to go with No Country for Old Men. 
Okay, very cool. You know, I've I've been approached to have my spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale, oh. made into a movie. And and the the sixth and most likely final book in my True Deceit False Love series will probably be True Deceit False Love the movie. And wow. right, and it's not just it's combining God came to my garage sale and the spiritual experiences mm -hmm. along with, you know, dealing with family trauma, you know, or abuse and uh but also just the whole message of just rising above and living your life with love. So, you know, um definitely something that I've been approached by a, a few producers already and I have an idea of how I'd like to do it. I just don't, I don't really know. I, I'm not a screenwriter. You know, I have books right, on right. Write, write screenplays and stuff. And I've reached out and talked to a few screenwriters. So what I think I'm going to do is just in my sixth book, um, which, you know, I, I wasn't even really planning on doing this, but it's really kind of like coming full circle. Mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to write that book as a movie and and see if there's interest out there for Absolutely. someone to pick it up and you know i just want to put it out there in the universe that i think that i have a story to tell and it could involve handling you know um domestic abuse and challenges and but also having spiritual experiences as part of that in fact so many people that have had spiritual experiences or near-death experiences, they've experienced some trauma yeah. that kind of, you know, induced the the growth. And so, anyway, I'm so I was really curious what your favorite movies. You Absolutely, know, and yeah, I'm, so. I'm excited to hear that, that that that's his next step in the process too, because yeah. I know that's going to open up the doors to a lot of people that may not be comfortable talking about this stuff or right, may not know right. how to address it and. The, the more you can bring it to light and the more they can feel comfortable in that setting, the better it's going to be for everybody as well. So I, I'm very excited to see where that's going to go. And like you said, let's put it out there. Let's manifest it and let's make yeah. it happen. Most definitely. Our voices matter. That's and, it. You know, we can we can get messages and information across in a way that um, can be learning. And that's, you know, kind of what I was all about for most of my career is you know, just learning, being a lifelong learner. 100%. Yeah, and that's so, so cool. That's another little nugget everybody can take away from this interview here tonight. <laughs> and man, it's, again, these interviews fly by. And that's one of the best things I love about this podcast is that we've been talking for almost an hour now, and it doesn't even feel like it's been that long. It feels like we've maybe yeah. gone five minutes, but I, I've learned so much. And this has been a a joyful experience to say the least, because I have had a smile on my face the whole time. It's gone both ways here and I've learned so much too. And I'm excited to just get the word out about your books and get, you know, just, I'm going to have links for our listeners to have access to those. I can't recommend them enough. And then also too, I can't recommend if you're a big animal lover, like both of us are check yeah. the links here to help, you know, anybody that's doing the rescue work and, help give these animals the life they deserve. But more than anything, too, Marnie, I want to thank you for taking the time, especially after making the trek back home, to be yeah. here for this interview and just bringing it all to the table. I really appreciate that. 
Well, it, it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it, the travel takes a long time oh, to get yeah. back, to get uh, to somewhere else, especially out west, and then to come back to the Caribbean. I've been in many cities today and many, oh, yeah. many different airplanes, but it, it, it also, I even look at that as I didn't dread it or anything. I met yeah. some beautiful people along the way and, 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 you know, so I was very excited to, you know, to be able to stay awake so I could, you know, have these conversations with you. Absolutely. So it's, it's my honor and you are so interesting and thank you, you know, I've really enjoyed our conversation as well. Well, that that definitely goes both ways on everything you just said. And I, I like I said, I'm still just so grateful that you took the time. And again, thank you so much for the kind words. Sure. But sure. guys, I hope you all got something out of this conversation here today that you can use and apply to your everyday life. I hope, you know, if you're going through something, I hope you know that you've got people pulling for you to come out on the other side and come out stronger. And... Again, like I said at the start of the show, there's so much to pick out in the archives. We've got over a year's worth of episodes so far in there, and there's something that can be found for everybody. doesn't matter what you're going through, or if you're just looking for a quick pick-me-up, there's something in the archives with our previous guests for you, and it's on all podcasting platforms. If you can leave a five-star review or a written review if you think we've earned it, it means the world and it helps the algorithm, so I would greatly appreciate that. And then if you could go follow us on all social media platforms, we're there. Just share and get the word out about this podcast and help the network keep growing. Like I said earlier, I'm going to have links to all of Marnie's books in the show notes. I'm going to have links to her website. And we're also going to have links to all the rescue missions that she mentioned as well. So if you want to contribute there like I'm going to be doing, please feel free to give as you see fit. But guys, for myself, for Marnie, for Jeff over here working his magic on the engineering side who's going to help fix all my flubs here tonight, we all want to thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to you all again next week. So in the meantime, go check out those episodes in the archives. Go out and do some good in the world, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And I know you hear me. Howdy, folks. This is Willard Wingnut, and I'm sure we've all heard the same expression. A woman works from sun till sun, but a voiceover works from noon till one. And I thought, hey, I want to be one of them. So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Alicia Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today, I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world. In a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches. Where they were like lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest. The one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic, so check her out. And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you. I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.